I'm going to minister a word tonight that I ministered in my early days of Oceans. We had a, an outreach. It was actually at the source. And God laid a, a word on my heart. And when I was asked to take the service tonight, I'm asking the Lord, what would he have me to, to share? And he laid the, this word on me. It's coming from a passage of scripture that we're all pretty familiar with. So let's get right into it. Hold on. Father, I ask you tonight for the manifestation of your spirit. I ask you for the gift of faith, the gifts of healings, and the working of miracles in this place. For it's never by might or by power, but it is only by your spirit. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Luke 8, 41 through 43 says, And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any. I want to talk to you tonight about that woman that for 12 years she had a condition a condition that she needed God to take care of but as we get into it I'm going to ask you to put yourself in her shoes I'm going to ask you to be that woman for a moment tonight when you look through the Gospels in reference to the story, you'll find that there's not a whole lot of information that's given about the woman. But the beauty of Scripture is we can look at Old Testament. We can look at the law. We can look at the, the culture of that time. And we can get an idea of what that life for this woman would have been like. So let me start in Leviticus 15, verse number 25. It says, if a woman has a discharge of blood for many days, other than at the time of her customary impurity, or if it runs beyond her usual time of impurity, all the days of her unclean discharge shall be as the days of her customary impurity. She shall be unclean. I know this is a little bit of... It's not really comfortable language talking about it, but it's in the word of God. So we got to talk about it. We got to see this woman in her condition. We got to understand what's taking place in her life to, to really appreciate what took place in her life. So for 12 years, this woman lived a life of suffering. So let's take a, take a moment. Let's talk about her life. Let's talk about her home life first. How many know that 
in the ancient world, in the Jewish world there, that marriage was a big deal. Often young women would get married at a, at a young age. And we know that from scripture that marriages, it was this huge ceremony that would go on for many, many days. And hundreds of people would, would come and be a part of it. Here's this woman. I don't know if she was married or not. But I can tell you this. That if she wasn't married, this condition that she was in very well could have prevented her from ever getting married. Because one thing that we know is this, is that for a, for a, a marriage to be legal and, and binding in the ancient world is that the marriage had to be consummated. And when you were in that kind of condition, you couldn't do that. And I don't know about you, maybe there's some of you here that you've been longing for that special someone, but there's something that's keeping you from being able to have that special someone. Let's talk about marriage for a second. If she was married, if she was married to a man. Whew. God, help me. I don't even, <laughs> help me, Lord. I just feel like I want to fly right now. Marriage is ordained and instituted of God between a man and a woman. And part of that marriage is sexual relations. Just bear with me. A man and a woman, it was ordained of God for them to come together. And how many know that when, you, when, the, when the absence of that is there in a marriage, it can cause a lot of strife, it can cause a lot of stress. It can even open the door for temptation of the enemy. There's a reason why the New Testament talks about that a man that should marry rather than to burn with lust. The enemy loves to come in and do all kinds of stuff. Let's talk about a marriage again. We, 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 if this woman was married, she couldn't have a child. How many know that bearing children was important in the ancient world? In the ancient world, you were considered a failure if you couldn't bear children. So this situation, whether she was single or married, would have affected her in an incredibly bad way. This woman's home life would have left her discouraged. Let's talk about her social life for a moment. God didn't create just one person. He created a vast majority of people so that we wouldn't be independent, be interdependent. Relationships and family and these things are important to God, so they got to be important to us. Gatherings in the ancient world, like we said about, you know, the, the, the marriages, the ceremonies, these were, these were things that people looked forward to. They got excited. They, they would get dressed up and they would love to go and be a part of these things, but this woman in this condition, she couldn't go. Let's read it. Leviticus 15, 26 and 27. Read what it says. Every bed on which she lies all the days of her discharge shall be to her as a bed of in, her impurity. And whatever she sits on shall be unclean as the uncleanness of her impurity. And whoever touches those things shall be unclean and he shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening. So you can see that people didn't really want to befriend a woman like this in a condition like this because they couldn't really be around her. 
there was a chance that if they were around her, they end up touching something that, that she touched or sat somewhere where she sat, and then they turn out to be unclean. So you can see how this woman's social life would have left her a bit depressed, rejected, and lonely. Do you see her? Now let's talk about a religious life. In the ancient world, how many know that God was important to Israel? He created and formed a nation for himself, a people for himself. He brought them out of Egypt by a mighty right hand. They were to serve. In fact, he told um, Aaron and Moses, said, go tell Pharaoh that Israel is my son. Let him go that he may serve me. And so God was important to Israel. They would, they would go, they had the, all of these, these festivals and all of these feasts and these big celebrations where they would come and bring offerings and they would dance and music would play and there would be just an incredible time of joy. They would bring sacrifices to the temple and, 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 and all of this stuff, but this woman was shut out from it. Deuteronomy 31 10 through 12 says this. And Moses commanded them, saying that at the end of every seven years, at the appointed time in the year of release, at the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel comes to, comes to appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Listen to what it says, verse 12. Gather the people together, men and women and little ones, and the stranger who is within your gates that they may hear and that they may learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all the words of the law. What you may not know is that the women weren't, weren't required to go to all of these feasts, but this one, it says here, the Feast of Tabernacles, every seven years, they were supposed to go. They were supposed to be a part of this. She's got this condition for 12 years, so there was one, one time when they would have this feast that she couldn't be a part of it. Let's think about a moment for, about the temple. Mark 12, 41 and 42 says this. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as crowds dropped in their money. Many rich put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Women participated in the temple. There was a court of women. And these women would go there, and obviously they were there. There was a chance for them to be able to give offerings because that's exactly what Jesus is watching taking place. And my study also found out that the court of women was often the place where women would come and they would help prepare the sacrifices, the grain offerings. They would put it together. And these were honorable things, things that the, the, the Jewish women loved to do. They loved to participate in this. But here this woman is, she's shut out from the things of God. She can't participate. Her religious life would have left her defiled. Do you see her? This was probably very close to what her life looked like for 12 long years. I tried to figure out the days of that, and our calendar year isn't exactly like the Hebrew calendar. There's a little less, but it's some, over some 4,000 days that this woman had this affliction, suffering every day, 
We go through a rough week and we're ready to throw in the towel, but how about 12 years? We, we got a bad month and we're ready to tuck tail, pack the bags and, and head north. But how about 12 years? Think about this. For most people, living with this kind of condition in their life, and not seeing a breakthrough, not seeing any kind of change for 12 years. Most of us would just settle and just accept that this is just the way that my life is going to be. Just accept it and just keep on going day after day after day after day. And maybe that's where the woman was headed. I, I don't know, scripture doesn't reveal it, but I, I'll tell you what scripture does say. Scripture says that something happened. You wanna know what happened? Mark 5, 25 through 27 says this. said, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Church, you know what happened? She heard about Jesus. In other words, there was a sound, there was a buzz that was going around that she was able to pick up on. There was a, a frequency that she was able to dial into. And when, she's, when she was able to hear what people were saying about Jesus, all of a sudden it began to stir hope up on the inside of her that maybe I don't have to live like this anymore. I've heard that he's, he's, he's healing withered hands. I've, I've, I've heard that there's a Gadarene who's been radically changed. I, I heard about a man where we lowered, lowered the, they, they broke up the roof and layered it, laid, laid him down and he was healed. I heard about demons being cast out of people. Oh church, do you see it? If we keep our mouths shut, we're robbing people of the hope that is in Christ. When was the last time that we testified? When was the last time we told somebody what Jesus did in our life? You see, Paul, Paul was no coward. They had him bound up and they took him before one of the Caesars or what, Agrippa, Agrippa, King Agrippa, I believe it was. And he began to testify about Jesus to a heathen king that could have took his life. But he wasn't afraid. In fact, the king said, well, you almost persuade me, Paul, to serve your God. There's power in your testimony. There are people around you every single day that are in a similar condition like this, that day after day, week after week, month, year, no change, no breakthrough. They've tried the things of this world. She spent all her livelihood on doctors and physicians. They couldn't help her. Hey, God bless the doctors, I, you know, but there's just some things that only God can do. You can't blame her. She put her trust in physicians, and there's nothing wrong with that. But after week after week, year after year, and you're not seeing something, well, you got to make a change. And she began to hear. Y'all are on fire. Like God is doing some things in your life. Are you telling people? 
am I telling people? You see, people, they, they look real good on the outside. You know, they, 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 they got a clean shaven face. They, they got some nice shoes and pants and a button up shirt. But they're bleeding on the inside. They're, they're bleeding for 12 long years. You can't see it, it's something on the inside. The outside looks good, but they're dying on the inside. From discouraged, depressed, defiled to desperate, she makes up her mind to move. She heard about Jesus. Now Jesus is on the scene. She has to get to Jesus. She said, well, I, I know if I just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made well. All I got to do is take my arm. All I got to do is I got to get to the hem of his garment. That's my goal. That's all I got to do. But you see, there's a problem. You see, there's a problem. Something is standing in her way. What is it? What is it that's keeping her from reaching out and touching the hem of his garment? Mark 5, 24, and the Amplified says this. It says, and Jesus went with him, and a great cloud, great crowd kept following him and pressed him from all sides so as almost to suffocate him. What was, the, what was it that was keeping this woman from getting to Jesus? It was the crowd. It was the crowd that was separating her from her miracle, from her breakthrough, from the change that she needed. It was the crowd. You look it up in the Greek lexicon, and it's, some says a throng, some says a crowd. In other words, it was a mass of people. It wasn't four or five Joes just hanging out together. This was a sea of people. And they were thrown, they were pressed in, said almost to the point where he was suffocated. And I began to think about how when we were in the world, we would go to concerts and we would go to sporting events where there would be wall-to-wall -wall people. And I think about when I was living in Chicago and the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan won their sixth NBA championship. They had a rally at Grant Park in downtown and we went there and we were in the midst of 750,000 people wall-to-wall -wall people. I couldn't get to the stage if I wanted to. I couldn't get to somebody 10 feet in front of me if I wanted to. It was thick. I couldn't move. You think about this woman in the midst of a crowd and she's desperate and she's got to get to Jesus. All I got to do is touch the hem of his garment. She had to be very decisive. She had to push through and press on to get to him. But church, check this out. In the crowd, separating her from her miracle, very well could have been some of the people that knew her identity if they would have saw her. In that crowd could have been some of the very same people that used to cry out unclean, reject her, and mistreat her. In the, in the very same crowd that she's got to press through. But would she allow all of this to deter her? 
know she, she moves through the crowd and her hand touches his garment and she's healed. God specializes in the things that seem impossible. I don't care what your problem is. I don't care how long you've had that problem. It ain't too big for our God. Mark 5, 30 and 31 says this. And Jesus, recognizing in himself that power proceeded from him, had gone forth turned around immediately in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples kept saying to him, you see the crowd pressing hard around you from all sides and you ask who touched me? But you see, the, the disciples, they didn't understand, they didn't get it. It was like Jesus saying, hey fellas, you're not getting it. You see, there's somebody here in this crowd that is just their faith has made a withdrawal from my account of power. Somebody has accessed my account and made a withdrawal for themselves. They didn't understand, they couldn't get it. But this woman was so desperate that by faith she moved. I don't know about her faith, her faith could have been small, it could have been large, it doesn't matter, she had some faith. And she persevered, she pressed on, she was determined to get through that crowd to touch the hem of his garment. Oh, but I love Jesus. Listen to what it says. Mark 5, 32 and 33 in the New Living Translation. But he is talking about Jesus. But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Jesus could have just said, well, I felt virtue and power come out of me, but let's just keep on going. We got to get to Jairus' daughter. But this woman's issue has been around as long as Jairus' daughter has been alive. Jesus is looking around because he wants to find out who it was that made this withdrawal from him. I got to see her. This woman didn't know what she was in for. She thought she was coming to Jesus for something, but Jesus had a bigger plan. Anybody asked something for Jesus? Anybody ever pressed in into the presence of God for something and then God just hit you with the overflow? Anybody ever been hit with the abundance of heaven's love and been a little overwhelmed? Hallelujah. He said, you might have touched the hem of my, my garment and the flow of your blood might have stopped, but that's not the end, woman. Where are you? Twelve years of physical pain was healed by his power. 
12 years of labels and rejection, 12 years of emotional pain was healed by his words. Don't tell me that the spoken word of God doesn't have power to wreck your world. Don't tell me that Rhema can't come in and flip some things upside down in your life. Come on, I'm going to read it again. You didn't get it. Mark 5, 33, 34. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him, and he told him the whole, and she told him the and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. He said, daughter, daughter, not unclean, not rejected, not broke down, busted and disgusted, outcast. He called her daughter. I'm just preaching to myself tonight. Oh, this is such a beautiful story. I wish I had like another 45 hours. <laughs> Going through the crowd, she had to hide her identity because she couldn't be in that place. She couldn't be around people. So she's covered. She's incognito going through the crowd. She touches the hem of Jesus' garment. She's healed. Jesus feels the power. And he says, where is she? Bring her out. Bring her out. <laughs> I'm losing my voice. Holy Ghost, help me. Bring her out. I want to put her on display in front of everybody. You might have tried to hide your identity, but I'm going to put you on display in front of everybody and tell everybody and even you who you really are. You are my daughter. I don't know about you, but when the creator of heaven and earth calls you son, my son, my daughter, all those strongholds come crumbling down. All those lies begin to lose their power. <laughs> She'll never be the same. She'll never be the same. And I love it because Jesus desires for not only us to be healed, but he's concerned about the whole man. He's concerned about all of us. You know, the beauty about this is if you go and you look in this scripture, in this story, you'll find that the word heal or healed or made well is, is in there several times. But when you look at those words in the Greek, you find out that there's three Greek words for healing. Now, I don't know about you because I'm not a Greek scholar, but I look at that and I'm like, okay, well, there's something more going on than just a physical healing. And we know it because one of those Greek words is sozo. And it speaks of being rescued. It means to preserve. It means to restore. Oh, he was like, daughter, you don't realize what's about to happen, but you're about to be restored and be able to go back to the Feast of Tabernacles. You're about to go back into the temple. You're about to go back to your family. You're about to go to that marriage ceremony. You'll never be the same. 
You see, you can come for physical healing to Jesus. But how many know that God is in the wooing business? Like this woman's hand who had to touch his garments. Church, our faith has to touch his word. We can't put our trust in the things of this world. But his word is what stands true. Church, when our faith reaches his words, we feel his power. When our faith reaches his word, we position our ears to hear sweet words of love and acceptance. What's awesome is that I don't recall, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't recall anywhere else in the Gospels that Jesus addressed someone with such words of endearment like daughter. Special. And like this woman who had to move through and press through the crowd, we too have some things that we've got to move past and through. Your past, your failures, your doubt, guilt, shame, self-condemnation, rejection, the lies of the enemy, all the labels that have been slapped across you your whole entire life. We must draw near to hear. We must draw near to hear what he says about us. Church, I'm going to ask you tonight. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment. 12 years this woman suffered. If you were here tonight and you have something in your life that is preventing you from experiencing the life that God intends for you, and that can be anything. That could be a physical ailment. It could be mental anguish and emotional pain and hurt. It could be an addiction. It could be anything. And you're tired of being that way. If you are tired of being that way, I'm going to ask you to move. I'm going to ask you to move your faith. I asked God at the beginning for the gift of faith so that if you didn't have any faith, you've got it now. There's no excuse to stay in your mess for tonight is a night of change. You see, the awesome thing about it, <laughs> the awesome thing about it is when you and me, when we exercise our faith, heaven always responds. Heaven always responds. 
So tonight, if this word ministered to you, if you're tired, if you're desperate, and you want change, I'm going to ask you to come to the altar. I'm going to ask you tonight, you don't have to. I'm not looking for a clap. I'm not looking for a please, man. I'm here to ask heaven to meet you at this altar. I'm asking heaven to come and touch your life, radically change and heal you. I asked tonight, I asked before the service for the gifts of healings that God would manifest his presence like that because there are many healings that, that can take place in a person's life. There's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of pain that we go through, but the God that we serve is able to meet every single one of those. I don't want everybody looking around. Come on, I want everybody to stay in a posture of, of prayer and adoration to God, believing. We need an atmosphere of faith tonight for miracles. And for those of you that are here at the altar, I'm just going to ask you just to close your eyes. Don't look at me. Don't look at anybody else. Don't look at the person next to you. I'm going to ask you, to put on your mind the very thing that you are standing here wanting to get rid of. I want you to take a moment to think about all how long you've had it and the pain and the anguish that you've had it. And the reason I want you to think about that is because it's going to make you tired of having it. You're going to want it to go. I want you to think about Jesus. I want you to think about the one who has a heart that no one can match, who loves unconditionally. The Bible said that he is for us, that bumper that we watched earlier. God is for us, and if he is for us, then who could be against us? heaven, the angels of heaven, God almighty, the church of the living God is on your side and ain't no devil in hell can prevail against the church of the living God. I'm going to ask my leaders, the leaders of the church here, if you guys would come and just stand behind them tonight. I want a leader behind everyone. If we can, we're going to pray. Pastor Mike, you'll come to, and Pastor Brian, you guys just fill the altar. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to ask the leaders to come around in front of everybody. Tonight, this altar is full, Father, of people that are tired. And I don't know what their struggles are. I don't know what they're bringing to the altar. But I know, Father, that you are able and willing, Father, to take it. And so in the mighty name of Jesus, the living Son of God, Father, touch, change, and radically wreck each and every person here. Father, heal them of whatever it is that they're struggling with, Father, that you may get the glory. And we thank you. Leaders, come around to the front and begin to pray and begin to minister. Those of you that are in your seats, I'm going to ask you to stretch your hands forward, and I'm going to ask you to intercede and to pray. And Ashley, I'm going to ask if you would, if you would sing something. 
Let's pray. We declare breakthrough in this house tonight. We declare healing in this place tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Breakthrough. 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 I declare change right now in the realm of the spirit. The situation will never be the same. In the name of Jesus, heal our heart, God.
to now do what the people were doing to that woman that enabled her to hear about Jesus. I pray that what has taken place here tonight, Father, would be spoken of in the midst of people that are broken and desperate so that hope would be stirred up and given to them so that they can come to know and experience and love you like we love you. bless you and we look forward to being back together tomorrow in Jesus name Amen God bless you guys go in the peace and love of God tonight we'll see you back in the morning